0: This is Inspiring Minds, a podcast focused on thought-provoking conversations between VSB students and our world-class faculty. I'm Caroline Mannion, a senior in VSB, majoring in marketing, management, and business analytics. On this episode of Inspiring Minds, we're talking to Dr. Narda Quigley about work teams. Thanks for being with us today, Dr. Quigley. Thanks so much for the invitation. Can we start with you giving a brief overview of your findings regarding team personality and the impact of cross functional teams on team performance? These topics were actually separate
1: studies, so I will talk about the team personality stuff first and then talk about the cross functional team stuff. Team personality is just a really interesting concept. Um, There was an article published probably 10 years ago, and the article basically makes the case that Two aspects of team personality are linked to team performance, so something called team conscientious behavior and team agreeableness behavior. In reading the article, I just was left with so many questions, like what is team personality? Is it just these two things, conscientiousness and agreeableness? How does it relate to individual personality? And that's when I started going down this almost like a rabbit hole of like, what is this thing? So sort of the only clue between this paper and the individual personality literature was the use of something called the five-factor model. And the five-factor model of individual personality is neuroticism, extroversion, um, openness to experience, agreeableness, and conscientiousness. So this paper that I'm referencing using team personality used this same model and kind of made it describe the team. And I just thought there's more to it. Like you just can't take the individual facets of personality and suddenly call them team personality. Like what is that? Let's unpack it. So my colleague and I, Sharon Gardner, we kept running into this dead end, which was that the literature doesn't tell us how you get from these individual scores, even if you average them or you know take one score to represent the team, still doesn't get us to the team level. And ultimately, we got into um, thinking about how team members interact. And that's how we sort of made some progress. We started thinking about sort of social exchanges on the team and thinking about how those might result in what we call behavioral regularities at the team level. So teams essentially come up with routines and norms based off of how the individuals on the team are interacting. And ultimately, we can link that to team performance. So that answered this question that we had, which was all about sort of how do you get from individual members of teams who have personalities to this concept of an overall team personality. The second topic you mentioned, this cross-functional teams issue. Um, we have a lot of research in management that suggests that cross-functional teams are so great because you have these wonderful different perspectives coming together. You know, it's supposed to be sort of more creative and, and lend itself to more interesting decision making than teams that have members from the same functional background. But we also have this other perspective in the literature that suggests that these teams have a really hard time because team members don't understand each other. They're coming from accounting, finance, R&D, marketing. So we wanted to kind of, again, unpack this and see if we could shed some light on it. The route that we took was to examine the impact of team functional diversity on team cohesion and how then that translates into team learning and team performance. And ultimately what we found was that functional diversity can actually have a positive impact on team cohesion and then learning and performance, but only if teams have high levels of something called behavioral integration. And that is a, essentially the extent to which teams share knowledge within the team. So you know, people are talking to each other and sharing information, and then also joint decision-making. So people are, are really working together on things
0: So what motivated you to explore the topics of team personality and the behavioral integration?
1: I just have been fascinated with teams all my life. I'm a big baseball fan. You know this from (laughs) being in class with me. I've always been sort of interested in this compositional aspect, like what happens when you have superstar performers on teams, and why doesn't that always um, result in higher levels of performance? And then how is it that sometimes you have teams where there are no superstars and maybe even no average performers, and yet they wind up overperforming and doing really well? And so there's something about the magic of teams that has always captured my
0: attention. What sort of implications do you see for your findings in the workplace and then also the classroom?
1: Work teams are a big thing, right? (laughs) You know this. um, At VSB, you guys have to take so many team-oriented classes we have this myth that there is always going to be synergy and that teams are always greater than the sum of their parts the truth is that teams are really hard there's something called process loss it's sort of the opposite of synergy where the whole is less than the sum of the parts and so the implications of my work are you know trying to understand teams better so that we can avoid process loss and so we can provide actionable tips to teams about what they can do to
0: be better. This research in particular discusses the cross-functional teams as we've been discussing, but I know you've also done quite a bit of research with cross-cultural teams. Do you see these two areas of your research intersecting or influencing one another at all? The reality of today's
1: cross-functional teams is that they are also cross-cultural teams teams at at Boeing have members in places like Moscow, in Seattle, in Japan, in Alabama. So um, the challenge becomes, you know, how do you get people to deal with the very basic challenges of things like, you know, when I'm awake, you're not awake. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, how do you get past the, you know, we're talking past each other because we have different cultural perspectives. And then also, you throw in the functional background differences. And it really makes for sort of an interesting stew. What I would say is that organizations haven't figured this out either. And so they're they're still behind the curve in terms of training employees about how to deal with these things. I think logistically, firms have figured out like, OK, well, when you know the folks in in Russia are finished with their day, they pass the project on to the people in Europe. And then when the people in Europe are done, they pass it on to the people in America. So they kind of literally are working around the clock as the globe turns but there's not a whole lot of direction holistically in terms of how to deal with cross-cultural issues.
0: What do you feel is the most valuable takeaway that you gained that you would you know want to share with any manager that you met?
1: I think the thing that consistently stands out to me is the lessons around team learning. I just feel as though, it's beyond a feeling, I know that it's really important to tap into the individual desire to learn, and then also at the team level, you know, making sure that teams feel like they can learn and change and grow. We have a lot of research that suggests that leaders have a big role in this. So if you are a leader of a team Part of being successful means not just focusing on results and performance, but also making sure that your team feels comfortable taking risks, your team is comfortable making mistakes, because it's only through doing those things that the team can learn. And so you know, if your team is so tightly controlled because you're, as a leader, so concerned about performance, it's actually in the long term really bad for the team. It's better for leaders to kind of focus on developing a learning orientation, really, um, among their team members, building team learning. And ultimately, they need to have faith that that's going to play out in terms of team performance, because it will. Learning is, is just so important. And so when the environment changes, teams will only be prepared to deal with those changes if they are a learning team that's not so tightly controlled
0: that they can't grow and move forward. What do you see as the future of teams research?
1: I have had the luxury of just considering this sort of classic team. And I guess I would use the sports team as an example. Like this team, there's a roster. The team has a season. There's a beginning, middle, and end of the season. The team has a task. It's playing basketball or baseball or whatever it is. So we traditionally have studied teams in this artificial situation, um, whereas if you talk to people in organizations today that are using teams, the truth is that employees are on multiple teams at the same time, and their day isn't spent on one single team. Their day is spent on this task force and that committee and this team and that team. They have uh, different roles to play on these different teams, and it's all kind of happening simultaneously as they're answering emails from different team members. They might be dealing with, you know, a production team issue. They might be dealing with a task force issue. There's a lot of mental energy that goes into shifting gears from one team to the next. The research on teams, I think, is moving more towards something called multi-team systems, it's sort of a, an acknowledgement of this very confusing structure that I just <laughs> <laughs> mentioned, which is that like, you're, you're just not going to, you know, start on your first day at your organization, be on one team and like do all your work with those people. But rather, you're going to operate in different spheres of different teams. Mm-hmm. And you might be sort of a core member on one team and more of like an outer net member on another team. And at the same time, you're sort of juggling maybe some individual responsibilities and roles. And so The workday becomes much more complicated from an individual perspective. And then also, you know, all of the great things that we know about teams in terms of team synergy, et cetera, we don't know how that plays out in terms of these multi-team systems. Like, can teams still experience synergy with such fluid and flexible membership when team members are so distracted and have, you know, many different roles and jobs on their minds? It all makes for a very, very tricky picture, but it's
0: like years of research ahead of me. (laughs) (laughs) Got your hands full for sure. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Quigley, and thank you for listening to this episode of Inspiring Minds. Caroline, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Minds. Stay tuned for our next installment featuring more VSB students discussing research topics with our world-class faculty.